Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. The guest set keeps growing, and I love it. I love every minute of it. Welcome in to Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. I do this each and every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula. Today in studio, our good buddy Anthony Knockreiner. He has been running a sports show up in the Flathead Valley for what now, five years? Is that right? Uh, close to it. Close to it. It'd be five years in August, but four and a half, se- four and a half years with the show. So Anthony's going through some life changes. He's making his way back home to Florida, but he was on his way through Missoula. So I said, hey. Why don't you come work with me on your vacation? But it's good to have the knock in the seat. And we're going to get into a lot of stuff here today uh, throughout the show, but particularly with Anthony here in the first hour. If you want to watch anywhere but on television or you want to tune in anywhere but the terrestrial radio, go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live button. You'll find the live stream. Want to give us a call? Shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. You're going to want to remember that because... You probably missed this. Tuesday, we were kind of getting um, overloaded with a lot of different things, whether it was Grizz football or Paddleheads baseball or Lady Grizz, the action coming out of uh, the women's basketball program with the hiring of Brian Holsinger. Um, we also had a couple other guests swing by. So the point of the story is we didn't get to do our Taglieri Tuesday. We didn't get to give you a $25 gift card to Taglieri Delicatessen, best sandwiches in the entire state of Montana. So we'll do that today. We're switching it up. It'll always be on Tuesdays for going forward, but a little Tag Thursday. So remember that, about 45 minutes, going to give you a gift card to Taglieri Deli. 
We're going to talk a lot of different uh, variations of football today. First and foremost, a big uh, flip in the recruiting game. So we're going to talk a little bit about the news itself, but also just our thoughts on the rules and just uh, sort of the landscape of college athletics, specifically college football, men's college basketball right now. Grizzles, Portland State on Saturday. Uh, so we'll give you a little preview of that as well. Maybe talk some Bobcat football as well as the Bobcats navigate spring football under Brent Vegan. And then probably talk a little bit of the Knox favorite memories. Get into some nostalgia as well as uh, he's done a lot of great things here in the great state of Montana. And I know that this place, no matter where you're from, I know that if you're listening to this show, you already know. Montana is filled with not only great people, but such mystique. I mean, there's such a, an interesting uh, way that legends are made in Montana because things here really don't matter to anybody else outside of the state of Montana, but they matter so much to us here, and people just get remembered uh, so well. And so I think that that's a fun part about covering sports in Montana. Hour number two, a good friend Carolyn's going to stop by. We're switching things up a little bit for the summer here. Razim Seabrook, my good buddy and a longtime contributor to this show, uh, he's, gonna, he's committed to most of the Fridays throughout the rest of the spring and into the summer. Uh, he won't be able to roll in the fall as much because he's still going to be coaching. Uh, he coaches football, Sentinel High School. Uh, but he'll be sitting in the seat most of the time for the next couple months on Fridays. So because of that, to kind of let the show breathe, we're going to start talking to Carolyn on Thursdays. I know you've been used to the chick who doesn't know sports for, oh, a couple years now being on Fridays, but we're going to switch that to Thursdays. So Carolyn sw- swung by to talk. Um, I never in my life thought I was going to have a – a 10-minute conversation about Jennifer Lopez on a sports <laughs> show, but we did it. It's entertaining, so look forward to that. And then also a de- another debut on this show, Justin Belknap, defensive end for the Grizz. T- chatted with him earlier this week, and uh, we'll share that interview with you as well. One more PSA for you. We are giving away this Grizz Greats painting. If you're watching on TV, you can fully see it. It's a painting of Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson at the base of Mount Sentinel. It also has Main Hall from the University of Montana. It has the old spit and Grizz on top of Main Hall. The stadium from Huntington, West Virginia, where the Grizz won that 1995 National Championship. And a whole bunch of other cool elements. And uh, if you're listening on the radio, that's what it looks like. But regardless, we've been doing a giveaway, and we're going to announce this tomorrow. So tomorrow during the second hour, we'll be giving this painting away. Way. Thanks so much for all your great entries, all your social media interactions, all that stuff. Um, and if you don't win the painting or you want an additional one, you want a poster version, a sweatshirt, t-shirt, whatever, rbagley3.com. That's rbagley3.com. If you recognize the name, it is, in fact, painted by Ryan Bagley, former Grizz wide receiver, uh, one of the better wide receivers in program history. I think he finished his career 11th in school history in catches, and uh, he graduated, I think, 2007. Uh, but remains a good buddy of mine and a, a very talented artist as well. So if you want to support the artist or have a good piece of Grizz memorabilia in your life, go to rbagley3.com and stay tuned. Keep those social media entries coming because the, the contest is not closed. Five o'clock hour tomorrow, we'll give away the Grizz Greats painting. Knock, what's up, dude? How you been living? <laughs> I'm great. When did you breathe during all that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm channeling my inner Ryan Tutel, dude. Ah, uh, man, it's great to be in here. This is the first time. Usually I'm on the phone with you. So for one, thank you for having me. Because uh, like I said, I've always wanted to see what this actual studio looks like inside. Uh, you guys get to have a little bit more sports memorabilia than I used to in the <laughs> yes. studio. But uh, I will say this, that is a beautiful painting. And I will tell you a funny story. When I was in college, I had to take an art class because I was a communicative arts uh, degree. And the art teacher thought I wasn't trying, but it was just because I was a terrible artist. <laughs> it happens to us <laughs> sports guys. Can't even draw a stick figure. No, I was like, I was really proud because I had a, a, an art project. It was um, a black and white and gray uh, project and it was tracing and I had to dr- trace and I like Jurassic Park. So I traced the T-Rex. That was probably my most proud piece of art I've ever <laughs> had. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's super impressive. If you guys, if people out there, if you saw when Ryan did this, I, he basically came to my house. 
uh, this last summer before we started recording the Grizz Greats podcast series. By the way, you can still find it, grizzgreats.com, 25 episodes, commemorating 25 years. But he, he came to my house, and we were just grilling up some meat, and he he just took he just took out a notebook and was like, what if we commissioned a painting for this thing? And he sketched it in like three minutes, and then he painted that thing in like an hour. And I was like, how? How is this even possible? Right? Uh, so, I mean, he's like genius-level artist. <laughs> I'll say, I give him a ton of credit, because I'll tell you what, that would, I definitely couldn't even come close to that. Even if I had tracing paper to do all that, I don't even think I could get close. <laughs> Gotta love it. Duan is now on to ESPN Missoula. Anthony Knockrider, the Knock on Sports. Jordan Meekolter, Duan is here in studio. And the big news of the day this kid, I think he likes the mystery a little bit, first and foremost, because the in-state recruiting battle in Montana was a fierce one this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, one of the guys that waited till the very last second to fully commit, at least in public, was Junior Bergen. He basically announced on signing day, December 16th, that he was headed to Montana State. Well, then yesterday, Bergen flipped, and he said he's actually going to the University of Montana. He told the Billy's Gazette, quote, I just felt it was a little bit better of a fit. So... First and foremost, we're going to get into sort of the analysis of this move, but you've covered high school football. Anthony's been the voice of the Flathead Braves for the last five seasons. This kid's a good player. So, I mean, how, how, how big of a swing is this, do you think? I think this is a huge swing because I thought he was one of the best players. Like, he was one of those impact players, and you come on my show and talked about this. There's four or five guys from Montana that are impact guys in a class, and that's between both Montana and Montana State. He is one of those impact players because, man, he does so much. Like, I did not think he could transition to quarterback. I mean, he's a great athlete, so he was sure. going to do great. But, I mean, the way he did it and the way he made that offense so dynamic, I never would have guessed because he's such a great receiver, such a great returner, such a great cornerback. Right. He just adds great quarterback to the list. I mean, this is just truly a a just an absolute talent, great football player. And I, I got to see him a couple of years ago when they came up for a playoff game. And him and his, I, I, I can never remember how the family works. His, either his cousin or his brother, Oren, was mm-hmm. a phenomenal player as well, had great speed. But him and Junior made it very difficult on the flathead defense that playoff night because they can make plays. And that's the biggest thing. Another playmaker. Like, we saw Gabe Solser, what he did this mm-hmm. past weekend. Junior Bergen, to me, is a guy that can follow in that mold. I don't know if he's as fast as Gabe. Maybe he is. But either way, Junior's that type of player. Do you see him on offense then at the college level? I could see him either way. I mean, if he is, he's slot. He's slot. He's not going to be, unless he grows six inches. Which, as a short guy, junior, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I only got to watch him live twice, and he played very limitedly on defense, uh, just because he was the the quarterback. So they weren't playing him as much defensively, and Mm -hmm. I was just, I I wasn't able to really analyze how well he can tackle or if he likes to hit. He has the body and the build and the speed, I think, to play defensive back in college. I just don't know if he likes the contact, but he's definitely, to me, he's built, and he moves in the open field, like, like a slot or even a running back. Well, he. But the other thing I would say with the, going to the defensive back conversation, he's such a ball hawk. He right. led the he led the double A with seven picks, and I think he even passed deflections, or he was very close to the lead in that. So. I mean, again, I, I, you're right. I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I've only saw him once, and I think he was a sophomore when he was uh, when I had a chance to see him. Um, but I think this kid can really truly play anywhere, and I think that just fits the Bobby Houck mold. Because how many guys do we think like uh, he would play maybe here, but now he's playing something else? Like I, I think of Garrett Graves from Eureka. That's the brilliance of Bobby Houck. He almost always gets his guys in the best positions. Regardless if it's a position they've never played before. So I do expect um, that to be a factor here in Junior Brigham as, as now he becomes a Grizzly, the uh, former Billings senior standout. Bergen himself didn't say this, but you have to think that the coaching change 
was uh, an impactful, if not the primary factor of this decision. And so then that brings us into how does he sign a national letter of intent in December and then flip his commitment here in April? Well, there's an NCAA bylaw where if you sign a letter of intent and the head coach leaves before you arrive on campus, then you are able to open up your recruitment and go to a different school. So that's what happened here with Junior Bergen. So a couple different thoughts here. You have to wonder if this is the only guy the Grizz are going after, because I would have to say I don't think so. I think that the Grizz are probably going after some of the other Montana guys that are previously signed and committed to Montana State. And I know that there's a double-edged sword here. We talk a lot about the transfer portal, transferring, you know, commitment, what does it mean, flipping and flopping and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't blame a kid for for wanting to go play for a certain coaching staff and then having that coaching staff not be what it is and, and moving on and choose a different decision. Right. Well, I mean, and a coaching staff could say, okay, hey, listen, we've seen your film. We want you to play here versus that previous staff said, hey, we're open to where we're going to see where your best fit is, those types of things. I have to imagine that had to play a role or a factor. Now, again, I don't know what Jeff Choate had Junior Bergen uh, playing at Montana State, but I have to wonder that maybe now there's a little bit more openness to this and this is why he's making this move. I think they really curiosity part the, the big question i think is as you mentioned is are there more kids going to make this change considering shows no longer there I, i'm just trying to think of names off the top of my head that that would fit that description i don't know if i can think of because i mean i don't think Iden Iden was another big recruit for montana State, sure but that's a family connection as First well dad played at montana yeah. state right i don't see that changing i, I was at bobcat practice a couple of weeks ago and uh, eli abby from laurel the, uh, who was an outstanding player for uh the locomotives uh, he was at practice, and so was Kenneth Iden. So I think that's very indicative that they're they're sticking. Right. I mean, they made a Saturday trip over to you know. I mean, obviously Iden lives in Bozeman, but you know, Eli and his dad were were over there. Uh, yeah, Jace Fitzgerald from Dillon. I don't really see him flipping from Montana State. You know, his mm-hmm. brother plays at, at MSU. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. I mean, Luke Fedick from Bozeman. I mean, he's a Bozeman kid. So I don't see him flipping. Cade Cutler could be an interesting one. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's close. He's he's close. I mean, he he. I know that Mike Culler had a previous relationship with Bobby Houck when um, Coach Houck was here the first time around. That's Cade's dad. I know that both sides recruited him pretty hard. So you wonder there. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys that that the Cats got that that might be guys that the Grizz would want to go get. I can't really think of anybody else that would be sort of in that that top mold. So um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, So what do you think of the fact that maybe the Grizz are going to go try to, to, quote-unquote, poach these guys, though? (laughs) It's the wrong word because, I mean, if you're not recruiting, you're not trying hard enough. Well, I was going to say, I think think what you have here is I think the the Grizz are calculated because I think, okay, we're not going to go after guys that we really are not going to be able to get. I think Junior might have been that that guy that they could maybe flip because, like I said, Junior, uh, he liked Montana State at the time, and now it's changed. Again, I'm curious to his reasons, but at the same time, it's just like, I think there's only a couple guys you can really kind of flip because, like I said, there's there's always some family ties. There's always some things that kind of change um, that you, you really have to twist somebody's arm to really move them from the, the rival school. So I just don't know that we'll see another. But I could. I mean, at the same time, I guess I should also say, in preface this, I'm going to hedge the bet. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe one or two more guys decide to, to switch it up. But again, I... I are we talking about guys? And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying any of these guys because maybe they'll prove me wrong and they'll be all-time big sky greats. But how many guys are we really looking at, like a Junior Bergen, that we are going to see switch? 
Paul Brott from Billy's West? I don't think so. <laughs> His brother's already played at Montana State. Neil Daly, I mean, he, he seemed really like Jeff Choate. And Daly has Missoula roots, and, I, and a bunch of his buddies from Sentinel actually ran into Geno Leonard and Soren Sievert last night. So maybe Neil Daly's on the fence. I don't know. Now we're just speculating. Now but, I was about to say, yeah, we're, yeah. But uh, but I, I do think there was, I mean. It's I an interesting dynamic. It is an interesting dynamic. Thing. Because you look at recruiting. I mean, Colter, you cover this, and uh, you know, and I've looked at it the last couple of years. I mean, the recruiting cycles for the next couple of years are going to be something we have never seen Never, before. right. And it's going to be so interesting to see how kids react to this that are 18, that are like 16 and 17 right now, and how even guys in the next couple of years maybe enter the transfer portal. I know the rule came down. That that's going to change. But at the same time, too, you had so many guys that are in transfer portal that are trying to figure out where they're going to go. Do you have to extend the current rule by another year before you put in, okay, you can transfer one time? Do you have to change? That rule. It's interesting. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV, Anthony Knockreiner, Knock on Sports, Jordan, me, Coulter Nuan is here in studio. And Anthony, I think that we've been discussing the, all the different dynamics of transferring and this climate that exists right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, there's just, there's so many different folds to it. But also, um, I think that you can justify absolutely fully both sides of the coin. On one hand, I do feel bad for the coaches, coaches that are trying to build a program, coaches that got guys just walking out the door because they can't handle adversity or they're not getting the playing time that they think that they deserve or that they think they were promised or all that stuff. But on the other side of it, I also think that if your coach leaves, like at Eastern Washington, Shante Leggins leaves. All of those guys were recruited by Shante Leggins, whether it was when he was an assistant or as the head coach. He's fully a player's coach. So this massive exodus from Eastern Washington men's basketball, it's not surprising to me. And I don't think that it's very you can really criticize the kids for it. It's the same thing in this situation with Junior Bergen. If the deciding factor of him going to Montana State over Montana was Jeff Choate, and then Jeff Choate leaves, how can you blame the kid? So I think it really comes down to, is the kid going to play for the program, or is he going to play for the school, or is he going to play for the coach? And there's nothing wrong with any of those three factors. No. And so, I don't know, I think it's, it's just such an interesting dynamic because it is so easy to say, oh, these damn kids, they won't stick around. You know, these kids are soft these days. They don't tough it out. But it is also easy to say, well, if the coaches are – chasing million-dollar contracts, and they can leave at any time, then the players should have some freedom as well. So where do you stand on, on this, this phenomenon of transferring? I, I think for me where I stand on is, is you got to take a calculated risk. It's just like anything that we do. It's, it's just like life. Okay, when you decide, oh, is this the time to leave for a job? Are you going to go try and find another job? I think it's the same thing here because you're trying to work for the best people. You want to work for the best because you want to get better and you want to get to a certain point that gets the best out of you. But I think the players, on the other hand, also need to kind of – evaluate and, and, and grab a bigger picture of the room to know, okay, hey, wait a minute. Is it better to try and stay here maybe uh, uh, one more year, maybe just see what happens instead of trying to transfer out just when things don't start? And like I said, I'm, I'm not saying all players, as soon as things go bad, all right, I'm out the door. I just think it's just like anything in life, you're evaluating, okay, what's what's my calculated risk? Is this going to far outweigh? Because if you're just entering the transfer portal to see what offers you can get, because there is something to that. And I'm not oh, saying, there's no question about it. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is that uh, I think that as of right now, I think the statistic is that a, a full two-thirds of the men's basketball players that have entered the NCAA transfer portal in the last two months have zero offers. Zero. They're not getting recruited by anyone. Right. So, and, and to your point, 
Well, here, here's my question for you, because if you had a chance, because you, you, we all know how the recruiting battle goes. Sure. You feel so wanted. You've got all these offers. All these schools want you. Well, what if you could try and get it one more time? Okay, sure. you proved it either a little bit or you, hey, I've, I've grown a little bit. I've got some more things in my toolkit for you to try and experience that one more time. I'm not saying that's the only thing they're grabbing for, but at the same time, if I get a bunch of people that want me, it kind of feels nice to have it a second time because you, you, we usually say you don't get that twice. No question. And we've seen that in the past, two guys that maybe were um, not recruited hardly at all that walked on and then mm-hmm. they get, then they, they improve greatly. And then all of a sudden they have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they actually get to go to the, the, through the recruiting process for the first time. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like a kid like Dakota Prukop when he earned his degree at Montana state and he was a graduate transfer. I mean, how do you really tell a kid that he's being selfish or dumb when he has an opportunity to either go be the starter at Oregon or Alabama? Like who who would say no to a recruiting trip to Alabama, right? No, and I think, but but I think that's where it is. It's like, okay, if you're getting that opportunity, that's calculated risk. That's all right. Hey, I'm trying to better because what could happen if things go right? And you got to want to work at it. And obviously, there's a lot of things too uh, that go with it because now all of a sudden you're not the big fish in the pond. You're with a lot of big fish in that pond over there. And I think that's a, a very excellent point. Is just I don't think if a kid does makes that move, he wants to go up. That's fine. It's just where I'm wondering. A lateral move, are you actually going to get better? Because, like I said, it always comes to, is the, is the grass really greener on the other side? No question. And what, and what do you want your experience to be about, too? Like, yeah. sometimes you see guys transfer. Like, Tanner Groves right now is the Big Sky Conference MVP in men's basketball. Mm-hmm. He's exploring his options. He posted on Twitter yesterday that he has, like, 30-some offers. I was just saying, how many schools are on? <laughs> right. But, but I think that he's going to probably make a decision based on either fit, and I would not be surprised if he follows Shante Leggins to Portland. I think he'd be a really good player in the West Coast Conference. Or, just knowing him a little bit, I won't be surprised if he makes a, uh, his choice based on the how good the program is like are they a winning program i just think it's crazy when kids leave programs because they say i'm not getting enough shots i'm not getting enough playing time i'm not getting enough shine and then they choose to go somewhere else that's just totally bad like it's just a bad situation and they're just they're only doing it for their own individual accolades that's the part that drives me nuts yeah i would say i mean that would drive me insane too but i think at the same time too you got to look at it because like how many times do we see kids that sign with the bobcats or the grizz and then they go play frontier and they have better careers in the frontier and they play more sure i mean it's it's a it's a really really tough thing and like i said i get it with coaches as well like you said earlier i can understand the frustration um but I, like i said I, I think as a player you really really have to think hard and you can't let outside noise uh, really affect you and just get tunnel vision. I'm like, okay, I really need to improve the situation, which you obviously want to do, but don't worsen it. You like, I mean, I when I was, I played D three football, I played three years by my middle of my third season. I realized one, I wasn't tall enough. One, I wasn't strong, <laughs> wasn't fast enough. And I was never going to play over the guys that were freshmen and sophomores. They had better than me. So I said, listen, I'm not quitting because I don't love the game, but I just know I'm not going to play. And I, I have other things that I can focus on. And sometimes I think for a lot of athletes, they just need to kind of evaluate it and not so much getting rid of football. I'm not saying giving up your dream, sure. but evaluate, okay, where am I going to play the most? And where can I do the most good? Because some of us, we got, we kind of know early. We're not playing NFL players. Nuana is now on a 290 ESPN Missoula Statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. Anthony Knackreiner joining me in studio. Mm-hmm. The other interesting part here is the way that recruiting has evolved in the authenticity of it or the lack of authenticity of it. In other words, what I'm saying is that because the recruiting game has become so much of a love fest, mm-hmm. so much about graphics and pictures and you know letters and all that stuff, I think that these kids get sold a completely false bill of goods. Bobby Houck is an excellent coach, but he is not 
I guarantee you he is the nicest to a player when he's recruiting them mm-hmm. than he will ever be ever. And then you get on campus and the the ash chewing begins. Like it is on. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that Coach Houck is so good at finding guys that will respond to that. Travis DeCure had a good run with Montana men's basketball where he was recruiting guys that really loved the hard coaching as well. Guys like Saeed Pridget, you know, Mike Ogine, Ahmad Rory, those guys all really bought into it. Well, then this last two years, he's had a team where they haven't really responded to that kind of stuff. And I would never want the adult in the situation to change his ways. But then you also wonder, like, how often are guys going to play for a coach that they think that they're getting this coach? Like, Brian Fish comes to mind at Montana State. Fish, you know Fish a little bit. What a great guy. What a funny guy to hang out with. You know, he, he lights up every room. But when he's coaching, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. He, he's yelling at his guys. He's a really hard coach. But that's okay if the guys respond to it like Harold Frey did for so many years. But Fish also had so many guys that hated it and they would walk out the door. But I just think there's a there's a disconnect there where all, you're getting all these graphics and letters sent to you and you're the greatest thing in the world. And then the moment you step on campus, all of a sudden you're getting taken apart. And I just don't know if they, the kids know what they're getting into, but I also don't know if the coaches are being as authentic as they can in recruiting. Again, that's why I think Choate was so good. So because good, he was right? So authentic. When I talked to both Iden and Junior, that was some things that they highlighted because it was the authenticity. Like you're not going to get a, a false bill of goods. Choate's going to tell you, "Hey, this is where we see you. This is going to be up to you to get to where we want you to go because you got to put the time in the weight room, the nutrition, all those types of things." But he's going to be real with you, and he's going to be real with you by the year too. Like that's the thing. It's like, hey, here's where we see you. I, those year end evaluations, I can imagine, yep. and I'm sure every program has those. Sure, but that often authenticity from the beginning in the recruiting process is so huge because then they, the, the players trust you. That's exactly right. And that, that's the, the dichotomy. That's the, the the situation we had at least. It, would be, it remains to be seen what happens with Brent Vegan. But I, I do think that... Um, and I don't think this is a slight on Brent. No, at, at all. No, 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 not at all. All I know, though, is is before the... It's, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see uh, the Jeff Choate Bobcats and the Bobby Howe Grizzlies at yeah. the height of their powers against each other, right? But I do think those two coaches in themselves... They're so good at role definition. I mean, Choate talks about it all the time. He has what he calls his roll call meetings Mm -hmm. at the end of every spring, the end of every fall camp, and then the end of every season. And he tells every guy, this is the role we need you to fill for this team. And he empowers the guys. And there's no BS. It's not like, you know, someday, you know, if you work hard, you're going to be an all-conference receiver or whatever. He's telling them, hey, if you work hard, you might be able to make the way in the offense, but we need you to be this guy on special teams. We need you to be, you know, we need you to put on this much weight. We need you to get this much stronger. Your goal is to be the second outside linebacker. And, you know, your goal is to be the best backup to Troy Anderson that you can be, stuff like that. And Coach Houck is so good at that, too, empowering everybody. That's why I was laughing so hard last week coming into the Central Washington game when uh, Coach Houck fielded questions from several different media members asking, you know, Coach, are you going to play your starters or are you going to, you know, rotate like like this is more of a tune-up game? And, you know, Coach Houck had the famous, you know, it doesn't matter if we're playing checkers or doing sit-ups, I want to kick your ass. But but beyond the comedy of it, the thing is about Bobby Houck is that besides quarterback and his offensive line, mostly the center and the tackles, the Grizz rotate so much. Like, Sammy Akim is going to rotate all the time, even though he's an All-American candidate. Jace Lewis is going to be rotating a linebacker with a couple other guys all the time because that's how Coach Houck likes to roll. He wants 65, 70 guys involved in every game plan. And I think that, like, it's to your point. That's what empowerment is. That That's how 
kids succeed is when they they have a clear definition from the adult what they're what they're expected of, and then they can go and try to fulfill those specific incremental goals. I think that's how you thrive. Yeah, and I was about to say that's you know that's what I love and appreciate too. I'm not these coaches don't sell. Hey, all right, in order to be the first wide receiver, or here's what you got to do to be here, trying to the coach is trying to get the player to be like you said. I just need you to be the special teams player. He's not overselling, just trying to get the player where he needs to fit that role. And so it's going to be really interesting. And I, and I think also too, and I'm not saying anything against the out of state recruits, but I love the Montana kids because that's how they respond. All of them. You know, you look at O'Connell. What one of my my favorite players for the Grizz right now. I love Patrick O'Connell. O'Connell. I love him. Man. Well, I know, so totally. I, in the press box last week when we were kind of looking around like, well, Central Washington only ran about 50 offensive plays, so there's nobody that has gaudy statistics or anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you probably first game of the year, you probably don't want to get some transfer who's playing his first game Washington Grizzly. Justin Ford, the corner, he had a good game, had a couple tackles for loss. Probably don't want to get him up at the press conference because, you know, it's a not, not a real first game at Washington Grizz. It's not in front of 26,000 people. So we were debating which defensive guy to invite. And I said, dude, we got to invite O'Connell because it doesn't matter what his stats are. He loves it. He, he's a great interview. He, lo- well, yeah. he loves, you know, the Grizz. And we can ask him all the questions just about being back and stuff like that. And everybody's like, well, he didn't make any plays. I was like, dude, guys, sh- just trust me. Patrick O'Connell's going to be great at the press conference. And then he was. So it, it's a good point. I do think that um, you're right. It's, it's nothing against the out-of-state kids. But I think that's the one thing Bobby Houck does better than almost anybody I've ever been around is – he can identify kids where he knows that the program itself, the, mm-hmm. the being a part of the Grizz family, is going to mean the world to them. And then he sells them on that, and then he keeps that in front of them the whole time. Mm-hmm. So hey, you're only you're you know you're redshirt sophomore, you're not starting yet, but do this for the team. Mm-hmm. And that's how he has so many guys blossom like they do. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's always impressive to me to see which guys that come through, and it's great when they do come through because it's so much fun. Uh, like I said, you know, all everybody in, in Kalispell, and, and then I know I'm leaning on the, the Kalispell kids here. I know I, it was interesting breakdown how many guys are from where, but um, you know, I think of the Patrick O'Connells, and then they get right after it, uh, you know, because I don't know, he, he, was, he went to go play baseball, then he came here. I don't sure. think anybody would have expected when he got here what his role would be, and I'll, now look what he's doing here. And it, and I would even say the same thing. I know everybody kind of knew what Chris Brown would bring, but I don't. Sure. I don't know if everybody thought that Chris Brown would maybe compete right now. Well, that's the thing about this this COVID year. There is a little bit of a silver lining to it. I think it specifically lies in the guys that are the younger guys, specifically at a position like quarterback, mm-hmm. where experience, development, grasping the speed of the game, the complexity of a college system. Chris Brown's gotten an extra like 17 months without wasting a year of eligibility mm-hmm. to get the mental part of the game down. It sucks that you're not going to be able to throw as much as you probably would during normal times, but I do think it gives those guys such a chance. I mean, I was looking at Jacob McGoring, for example, the mm-hmm. defensive end for the Grizz. I mean, he put on like 30 pounds since the last time he played because he had 18 months to do it. And so he went from a really good, but like looking like a true freshman to now he's like, well, who's this guy? He looks like a senior and he's only a redshirt freshman because he only played in those four games uh, his first year. So I do think those guys have a, a, a massive chance. Like it'll be like you were saying, it'd be so interesting to see how it it, uh, it plays out when they're in their fourth, fifth, sixth years of college. And what you just alluded to, those young guys, because they got this extra 18 months, how much does this help their development in terms of the next couple of years and what kind of players they become. Now, I know that's not just Montana or Montana State because every program in the Big Sky Conference pretty much had that, except maybe not the ones that are playing right now. But it's really interesting to see how the young players, because they had this time off, they didn't have that fall season, are going to make so much strides in the offseason because we always hear about how the weight room goes. And you just alluded to how many guys put on weight and not just, you know, fat weight, not weight that I've got in the middle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But on muscle and and all those types of things because that is such a big key, being able to put on you know, just pounds and pounds of muscle. 
The girls are going to need it on Saturday because Portland State has been putting on a lot of muscle as well. They have a great weight training program, and, and they have some four-rule guys, specifically on the offensive and defensive fronts. The girls host Portland State Saturday, Washington Grizzly Stadium, 11 a.m. in Missoula. It's Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching SWX Montana TV. We're going to give you some more thoughts on the Grizz game, Portland State, and the rest of the Big Sky Conference and the spring season right after this. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 billion. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Oh, there it is. I was like, what happened to our music? <laughs> I can't get all juiced up without my intro and outro music, you know. Welcome back in. Nuana is now. Hope you're having a great Thursday. I'm having a great Thursday. Coulter Nuana is here. Anthony Knockreiner there. Our good buddy from up at Kalispell. He's making his way down south. Back home to Florida. How long's that drive? Uh, when I drove up in 2016, I did it in three, no, uh, yeah, three, three days, yeah, three days, three and a half days. Three and a half days. Yeah. So it was literally from Florida to Nashville, Nashville to Omaha, Omaha to Billings, and then Billings to Kalispell. Wow. That was, that was the trip. Wow. Billings to Kalispell is like the longest stretch of that trip too, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that third day of, of, of Omaha to Billings, that was long because Siri got me lost. Oh, and boy. So Siri took me off 90 and took me on, I don't know what highway, but took me over to uh, Broadus or Brodus. I can't yeah, remember. Broadus, yeah. Broadus. And she took me through Broadus. And I was I had a broken gas gauge at the time. So I'm like, oh, all right, man. I, <laughs> I need to find a gas gas station here fast. Literally do you know you're, little do you know you're in eastern Montana, too. So you might actually have like 300 miles before the next gas station. <laughs> Unbelievable. Exactly. That's going to be a story that stays with me. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Update on the Grizz soccer match. The uh, University of Montana women's soccer team playing Northern Colorado in the semifinals of the Big Sky Tournament. Taylor Stoger just hit a goal. Uh, great goal. Really, uh, really patient. Great vision. Great shot. And uh, Montana up 1-0 over Northern Colorado. Uh, 58 minutes and some change into the match. So they're into the second half, early in the second half. And the uh, the Grizz soccer team ahead of Northern Colorado. So it's a redemption match because the uh, the Grizz, they upset Northern Colorado in the 2018 tournament and went on to the NCAA tournament. But then in 2019, it was the Grizz who were the top seed, the Big Sky Conference regular season champions, and they lost in overtime to Northern Colorado. Uh, So these two teams have been two of the best in the Big Sky, and now they're playing for the right to go to the Big Sky Tournament Championship. So uh, early lead for Montana will keep you apprised at what is going down on the pitch. Uh, Anthony, the Grizz play Portland State on Saturday. First of all, did you get a chance to catch much of the Grizz game last week? I watched the first half. What did you think? What was your impressions? 
I, I thought it was really good. I, I was kind of leaning on you. I was waiting for Central Washington to to make some plays and do some things. Uh, but I give all the credit to Montana. I thought that was really impressive. I thought Cam Humphrey looked pretty good as well. I wasn't sure what I would see from him because, like I said, I, I like and again nothing against Camp. I just I like Chris Brown and I, and, and I like some of the Montana kids. So I love when I get a chance to see them uh, out there. I know he got a chance to go out there, but I'm, I'm really impressed. That was a really good uh, job by uh, Montana because, like I said, you, you weren't sure what to expect given it's the first game and. You know, at the same time, bring your own energy in a place that usually you don't have to do that. It, the fact that they were playing in front of 5,000 fans could have been a detriment, but the fact that they hadn't played in 17 months, I think, sort of overrided that. That's true. And Bobby Howe got them ready to roll for sure. But I was very impressed. Again, I know we've been analyzing it all week, but I was very impressed with their uh, special teams execution. I thought that was excellent. I thought that their uh, increased, improved depth, particularly defensively, uh, was top-notch, and uh, I think that the fact that they left something to be desired offensively, particularly when it came to quarterback execution with the first team, uh, offensive line I thought was fine but not dominant, um, run game was subpar, and the red zone uh, execution I thought was uh, bad, and they still scored 59 points. So I think that leaves a lot to be desired if you're the Grizz. Here's my question for you, Coulter, because you see, like, we've seen Weber State struggle so far through the spring football schedule. How much do you correlate what we're seeing from some of these Big Sky teams that are playing and what we've seen from Montana already to maybe trying to gauge what we're going to see when all these teams resume action in the fall? Or do you even try to make that correlation and see what, like, could this Montana team right now go play Weber State? That's a good question. I think that I think the Montana, this Montana team could go play anybody and be ready to go because I think Bobby Houck has his guys ready to go. They basically prepared during last spring and during last summer and during last fall like they were going to play a normal season. I think mm-hmm. that Coach Houck was one of the most steadfast proponents for playing in the fall, and then that was kind of ripped out from underneath them. But they were ready to go since then, and then they've kind of stayed ready to go. In fact, yeah. that Coach Houck brought in his own strength coach now, and Dan Ryan, I think, is a huge boon for Montana. You saw it in their players, too, just uh, how much bigger and stronger they are, how much they utilize the the physical conditioning element of this long break. I think everybody's healthy, which is another thing. I mean, they had very few guys that are banged up. Trajan Cotton, the corner from Oregon State, was, was a little bit uh, in and out of the lineup. Uh, he did not play on Saturday. A couple other guys... You know, were maybe nicked up a bit, but other than that, they were pretty darn healthy. And so all of that, I think, then does cater to them being able to go play. Uh, they could go play Weber State for sure. Um, but I do think that the spring portion of the Big Sky season has been fascinating as well, just to see how each team used it. You know, mm-hmm. Cal Poly, they said they got too hurt to be able to finish the deal. In reality, they gave up 130 points in two weeks, and I think that they realized, hey, we're 0-4, we're not going to the playoffs. We got the developmental portion of the time in. Let's not get anybody else hurt. Let's, right. you know, not show any more film with our new coaching staff, with Bo Baldwin, with the hell, none of that stuff. But then I think the Weber State really wanted to continue their uh, recent, not domination, but control of the league. I mean, they have been the controlling team, the team that's been at the head of the league for the last five years now. I think they wanted to do that. They have not necessarily been dominant in their victories, but they have been Winning still. And, I mean, here they are now. They've won what? Counted up 28 out of their last 32 Big Sky Conference games. So, the last four and a half years, they've been pretty darn good. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, too, this is not... But I'm curious, will this Weber State performance that we have seen in the spring translate to the fall? Because, I mean, I expected maybe one game would be close. Sure. And, but how many games has Weber State had to win at the end? I think, what, two or three already this sure. spring season? Yep. And so I'm just very curious because at the same time, too, UC Davis, I wasn't sure what to expect from them. They look, at least they're going to be good. They're going to be a team that's talked about in the conversation uh, among the top teams in the Big Sky. And then, obviously, Eastern is, is going to be tough because they're Eastern Washington. But it's just really interesting to try and gauge this picture because obviously we knew Weber State was going to be good. UC Davis entered the fray after not had, now we know that UC Davis doesn't have Jake Meyer anymore. He doesn't have a year of eligibility left, right? <laughs> exactly, right. No, Jake, Jake Meyer is finished for so, sure. Um, it's just really interesting to just see what – is this Weber State team what we're going to see in the fall? That's the really interesting aspect of the spring football season. Yeah, I, do, I, I don't put a lot mm, – I don't know. I think in, in college football, a lot of times the scoring is so prevalent that a lot of times I think we put a lot of stock in the margin of victory. Mm-hmm. And Weber, they operate in a fashion where, like when they beat Montana 17-10 to 10 in the quarterfinals of the playoffs in 2019, that's Jay Hill's dream come true. He wants to win games 17-10, to 10, you know, 20-13. to 13. That's what Jay Hill wants, man, because he is a defensive-minded coach, a special teams oriented coach. I mean, last time the Wildcats played a full season, they went 11-4, they went to the Final Four of the playoffs, 7-1 in Big Sky Conference play, and uh, you know, I mean, they beat Idaho by 6. They beat Northern Iowa by 8. You know, they, they did route Northern Arizona, but Northern Arizona's defense was a sieve in 2019. You know, a couple touchdowns over Sac State. Uh, you know, they got routed in Missoula. They beat North Dakota by a field goal, so that's kind of the MO is that Weaver State, oftentimes, they're not blowing teams out of the water. And it's sort of the formula, but here nor there, I do. It's a good question because I do think the Grizz would be ready to play. The Grizz are going to need to be ready to play on Saturday, though, because this is interesting. The betting line, it's Nuanas now, by the way, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Anthony Knockreiner joining me in studio. The Grizz, a 17.5 point favorite into this game. The Grizz were only favored by 19 last weekend, and they won by 56. <laughs> uh, so. Seventeen and a half, though, against a Portland State team that uh, you know, if the if the fall season was starting next week, I would probably vote Portland State as depending on what happens with Eric Berry, because there is some speculation that he might transfer from Eastern Washington in the offseason here. But depending on that, I would have Portland State as either my fourth team or my fifth team in the Big State Conference poll. I think Portland State is very good. I think they have. Uh, I think they're a dark horse as a potential playoff contender out of the Big Sky next fall. And so I was very surprised that a 17.5-point spread for the Grizz. But how much do you think that played, and I and then it's the name escapes me off the top of my head, but the injury that Portland State had, they had a key guy go down recently. So- uh, Emmanuel Dagbe, their big receiver, yeah, he uh, he's not going to play in this one. Um, I th- Bruce Barnum mentioned another player. If you, if you want to find the archives yesterday, ESPN Roundtable, Bruce Barnum joined us. But you're right, they have had a couple injuries, but they still do have Davis Alexander, fifth-year senior at quarterback. And they have Anthony Adams, who's a first-team All-American as a senior uh, at their flex position on defense. So I do think they have some talent as they bring their, the, their team to Missoula. I'm okay with the way the points spread is just because of what we saw from Montana. I know, again, Portland State's a different team. But at the same time, too, if my memory serves me correct, and, and Coulter, you, you, you call me out if I'm wrong on this, uh, but Montana took care of business the last time they played in the regular season. Like In Portland last year, yeah. in, in 2019, yeah, Montana, was they won pretty easily in And Portland. I just I don't see anything that's going to change that. The defense is playing really well. I think the offense is going to be fine. Uh, you mentioned there's some things that need to clean up in the red zone, obviously. But I, I just really have a hard time seeing where – I mean, Montana's also played, already played one game. Are, Portland right. State hasn't. And I'm just totally. like, and they're coming on the road. Like, I just don't know if, I think Montana's going to be more on a roll, ready to roll than Portland State. I think it's going to take them a quarter to really kind of get going. 
The other thing, too, I thought Montana, they rushed for almost 200 yards last week, but it was not at a high yards per carry clip. A part of that was Marcus Knight, the running back, going down with a knee injury earlier. Right. I mean, he was out. So Nick Osmo, who's supposed to be just be the short yardage back, had to be sort of the first down back. And then Xavier Harris, supposed to be like the scat back, and he's only a freshman. He had to be sort of more in the mix than maybe they wanted. Um, but here nor there, I didn't think the offensive line was getting that good of a push on Saturday. And the thing about Portland State is they run this funky flex defense where they're always going to show you all this pre-snap craziness. And then the way that the defense shifts is immediately when the ball is snapped, it's specifically catered to isolate one or two players filter everything to them, but those guys are always then roaming around, really making the reads on the quarterback hard, both pre- and post-snap. The easiest way to gauge the reads in pre- and post-snap is by running the ball and then running play action. If the ball, if Montana can't run the ball, and by the way, Portland State I think will have one of the three or four best defensive fronts in the Big Sky Conference, then it's going to be an interesting deal because how does, how does the quarterback, specifically Cam Humphrey, see what Portland State's doing? Because we've seen in 2018... Dalton Sneed have the worst game of his career against Portland State because mm-hmm. the flex just ate him up. He, he couldn't do anything. He, couldn't, he could not find an open read. But then last year, Montana, they were able to run the ball a little bit, and then Cam Humphrey got hot. Smart Torrey got really hot, and all of a sudden the Grizz are off and running. Cam Humphrey threw for like 335 yards and four touchdowns. So to me, as as it always is, no matter what your matchup is in football, you got to be able to run the ball. How much do you think that plays in that in that spread? Because Cam Humphrey threw for four touchdowns and threw for all those yards going into this game. I think that plays a part in that spread for 17. I think so, too. I think it definitely plays a part for sure. And I think that uh, Montana's just dang good, man. I think that they're finally back to truly being nationally elite and truly being a contender in the Big Sky Cowards. We'll talk... Bobcat and Grizz football, plus some good memories from over the last handful of years. Right here on Nuanez Now, Anthony Knockreiner joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Keep it right here at 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Colter Nuanez. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Missoula. Anthony Knockreiner, formerly of KGEZ up in the Flathead. He's the head of the knock-on sports for a handful of years up there in the Flathead. And now making his way across the country. He joins me in studio. Before we get to some nostalgia... I know everybody out there is hungry. I know half of you wouldn't eat anything if we didn't give you free stuff all the time. So I'm going to enable you a little bit more. 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. Caller number three. I got a $25 gift card to Taglieri Deli here in Missoula. It's the best sandwich you're going to find anywhere in Montana. I was in there last week. 
They were just awarded Best Sandwich in the State by People Magazine, The Food Network, and one other food review magazine. So they have those three pictures proudly displayed. But Mm -hmm. it's a great place to go get an Italian-style deli sandwich. They have charcuterie plates. They got some fresh pasta, wine. It's like a little corner of Italy. It's a great place, so go check them out at the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. But right now, give us a call, 361-3688, $25 to Tagliari Delicatessen here in Missoula. Knock, let's talk some of your favorite memories. So you covered a lot of high school sports at the Voice of the Flathead Braves. You also covered a lot of college sports. I thought your strategy as a guy from the other side of the country, come in here and, and get to know all the other sort of um, – seasoned media guys in Montana was a good one. And I think they really evolved into really knowing uh, the Cacarys rivalry, the Big Sky Conference, and high school sports all the way around. So let's start with players. So who are some of the best players that you saw, whether it was the high school or college level? Because you watched a lot of games over the last couple of years. I would say the favorite players, or, or yeah, my favorite players to see and watch that I will remember is, um, and this is this is just my time as the voice of the Braves, but I go back to 2018, watching Blake Counts break Lex Hilliard's record, yep. and then not only beat the, the state single season rushing record uh, for all classifications, but shatter it, and then have a 300-yard rushing performance in the first round of the playoff uh, against Billing Sr. Blake Counts is always going to be one that stays with me. Jaden McNeil, the quarterback that year, is going to stay with me because he was just a tremendous athlete. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of those guys are going to go with me. I think, uh, like I said, Junior Bergen was the guy that I watched and truly enjoyed uh, seeing him play. I think of um, Ken Iden as well. That dude, I mean, I don't know how many times he went up against Flathead over the last couple of years uh, and, and wreaked some havoc, but uh, Ken's another one. Um, you know, definitely looking at this past year uh, at Sentinel, so many guys that were fun to, fun to watch, like Rylan Ort. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of guys off the top of my head from this past year. I got so many names to remember, but there was just there were a ton of guys that definitely stood out. Troy Anderson was another one that definitely stood out to me. Another guy from Columbia Falls was Logan Kaladaychuk because this dude had forearms that were <laughs> like the trunk of an elephant. This man had huge forearms, and I remember it was a state championship game between Hamilton and Columbia Falls. I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and, and, and the DB from Hamilton, I think, made the appropriate decision because I would have made that decision. But Logan Kolodaychuk running down the sideline, and as the way he was at, I'm not tackling him. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'll save myself for another play. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of those guys, I mean, um, Chris Murray, he was fun to watch. I remember my for first sure. my first uh, college game for Montana was that Cat uh, uh, Grizz game uh, from 2016, and just seeing that game and, and how we and I remember you were in the press box with me. We both said after, I can't remember who, um, Gustafson threw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. It was like 60 yards. And we all thought, oh, all right, here we go. And then all of a sudden that we got the game that we did. It was such a complete change from that first play. Um, that was fun. I mean, there's just so many things about Montana. And I will say, too, I and I've told my friends down in Florida this. Because I didn't know what I was going to, what I was going to expect. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think of what you're getting into when you come? Because I mean, it's one thing to move from, you know, Washington to Montana or California even to Montana, but four is a long ways from home. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say in a higher elevation, that's for sure. Um, I would say that in terms of the quality of football, this just goes back to what I tell my people in Florida. Great football up here. Do not. I, I think the the fact that the high. I think we need to do a better job in Montana of highlighting the high school football programs because there. Yep. I think there are some that are even more forward thinking than the, even some of the high school teams I saw back in Florida with what they're doing. 
And I think, you know, again, w- would Montana teams be able to compete with, like, the Booker T's and the Miami Centrals? Probably not. Just because uh, they don't have the numbers, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, they don't have the numbers, but I think at the same time, too, again, Miami, Miami's Miami, right, and even right. Florida teams struggle with the Miami teams. No, no question. But I think Montana teams could definitely compete with some great Florida teams down in there, and I think it'd be fun. I mean, if I could get a, an in, a, a Florida versus Montana, if we could do something like that, that'd be fantastic. I don't know how we'd do it, but it would be great. But I think Montana football really impressed me, and it's not like I had a low level. I didn't know what to think. I had an open mind when I came here, but it's really impressed me. I've really enjoyed watching it. I think there's great athletes here. It's great to see so many guys willing to play so many sports too. I think that's one thing that really stood out to me in my time in Montana. How many kids are willing to be two, three sport athletes and how much it truly benefits them? Because when I came from Florida, Baseball, you're specializing because obviously Florida's a hotbed for baseball recruiting. Uh, football's very the same way. Uh, basketball's not as big, but a guy, a lot of guys want to spend nothing but doing playing basketball, and so you don't see as many of those guys. And I think Montana does a fantastic job with that. Nuanas now, Anthony Nackrider joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on 129 ESPN Missoula. Are you in the cheese? MissoulaEvents.net. They have a new cheddarboard platform. Supports online, live, and on-demand events hosted by your favorite Missoula breweries, restaurants, boutiques, fitness studios, and more. All you got to do is visit MissoulaEvents.net backslash cheddarboard to access your ched code today. It launched April 6th. So go visit the Cheddar Board. I know it'll make a lot more sense when you get there. This is a great way to engage with your community while still, you know, as we ease back into this thing and uh, try to stay healthy out there. So go visit MissoulaEvents.net backslash Cheddarboard. What will you remember most about this experience? I mean, this is this is a it's a it's a crazy culture shock, right? Moving across the country, I've only ever moved as far away as as you know the, the Washington, the Ellensburg slash Seattle area. But uh, um, this was probably a trip for you all the way around. Oh, it was a learning experience for sure. But I would say again, it would just be the great people. Um, you know, like I said, when I first got here, I was trying to figure out all right, who can I call on? And I remember um, my predecessor, he you know left your number, and I called you, and we started chatting. You know, my first shows and I, I think that's the biggest thing is i remember is is just the people and how great they were like everybody i i came to know around this area in terms of the media um you know guys like yourself ryan um just the friendships that i built here uh, and i think too like i said it's just um i think the biggest thing that will always stay with me because i never experienced this before because in florida my sh- the shortest conference game is about two minutes to get to right <laughs> my longest conference game in florida was maybe 45 minutes here in Montana, in being in Kalispell, my shortest trip was down here to Missoula, which was two. Then my longest was always Helena or Butte, for which was four hours. And then my longest trips, I have never had, I mean, and this was maybe a while, a long, long time ago, a seven-hour trip. That was usually, if a Miami team had to go play Tala, go play in Tallahassee for the state championship. <laughs> right, right. I've never had to take a seven-hour trip for a regular season game. And so I think that's going to be the, one of the big things, and I know I've complained about it on my show. Um but the travel is going to stay with me as well. But like I said, I, and how much people actually embrace that here. For sure. Because, like, I still don't enjoy drive, driving multiple <laughs> hours. <laughs> I got to love it. Well, Anthony, uh, it was a pleasure working with you, my man. Like I said on your show last week when we were saying our farewells there, I think this is just the closing of one chapter. Maybe a new one will open. Maybe we'll cross paths again soon or someday. But either way, be proud of yourself. You had a great 
run up there in Kalispell. I know a lot of people appreciate it. The podcast element too was cool because I think that that could engage people all across the state of Montana. That was that was fun to be a part of too. So appreciate you swinging by today, and uh, you're welcome back anytime, man. Well, I appreciate it, Coulter. And like I said, man, you were part of my first show, so I can't say thank you enough for what you did for me, helping me out, giving me the the the, the runs and the routes of of how to get through Montana. So like I said, you were a huge part of that, and I can't say thank you enough for that, man. Well, thanks, man. The Knock On Sports here on Nuanez Now. One last time, or at least one last time for right now. Happy trails to Anthony Knockreiner. And uh, fun having you on the show one last time, man. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you hot. We got some good laughs coming for you. We're talking Jennifer Lopez. We're talking uh, Jim McMahon. It's Carol, and it's the chick who doesn't know sports. It's all over the place. You don't want to miss it. Also, Justin Belknap, defensive end for the Grizz, coming at you. So keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Back after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 